And I spread a song so you can sing along With my special guest star or two You like to sing and dance And this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I am your host, John, and with me today is a very special returning guest. She is, unbeknownst to her, I don't think I've given her this title yet, she is my classic Hollywood correspondent. Oh, it's Sierra Ryan, everyone. Hi! Hi! Yes. My, your classic Hollywood classic. correspondent, Sierra Ryan, yes. Oh, oh. Like oh, and we're here to talk about the Pirate, which came out in 1948. We kind of teased this last time mm. you were on. Yes. Because um, we were doing yet another, the last Gene and Judy movie. And now we're doing the second Gene and Judy movie. We're, we're going backwards. We're, we're going backwards, yes. Backwards. Uh, the screenplay was written by Albert Hackett and Francis Goodrich with uncredited uh, help from Joseph L. Mankiewicz, Fran- Francis Marion and Joseph Tan. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce his last name. T-H-A-N. T-H-A-N. Uh, based on, off of the play by S.N. Beeman, music and lyrics by Cole Porter, mm-hmm. directed by uh, Vincente Minnelli. Ooh. <laughs> Does that last name sound familiar? A little it bit. Should. A little bit. Well, but with a Judy Garland in it, it should sound familiar. I know. And according to IMDb, a girl is engaged to the local rich man, but meanwhile, she has dreams about the legendary pirate Makoko. A traveling singer falls in love with her, and to impress her, he poses as the pirate. I mean, yeah. Yeah, A little bit. There's some some details are are missed. It's not just to impress her, necessarily. Right, it's... Okay. Sierra. I'm bracing myself. I'm very sorry. I did not like this movie. Okay. No problem. <laughs> but I I mean, like Gene and Judy and all the rest of the cast are doing doing their jobs. Yeah. It's not it, it's never their fault. <laughs> I've never seen is it actually wait, hold on. Is it actually called The Pirate, the play the version? The Pirate. The Pirate is a 1942 play, yes. Yes. I have never seen the play. No, but, I didn't even realize until I rewatched it and kind of did a little more research. I never realized it was based on a play. So, but you like know. you can you can clearly see that a they had the script and they probably had these Cole Porter songs that they're like, let's just throw them in and nobody will know, because um, they never they they didn't really go with it. Like the like I wrote down the. Um, uh, Mac the Black was just like the definition of being shoehorned in. Like, <laughs> well, he did. He did. I, I I read a little bit about the 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 origin of the uh the word Mac the Black is that Cole Porter actually wanted Makoko to have that Mac the Black name. He's like, I'll write a song, a title song for this, but it has to be like Mac the Black. And actually, I know a friend whose nickname is Mac the Black. And he wanted something that he could easily rhyme with, have fun with. And so that's, he wrote a lot of the music for this movie, but he- Oh, had, really? He, yeah, exactly. So so there's there's a little bit more of a sense of like, you know, this is 
a little bit whole cloth um, musical for for what it's worth. <laughs> um, I also didn't like the fact that, um, well, it wasn't, it's not so much like us. It wasn't flat worthy, these, mm-hmm. these things. Um, I, I didn't like the fact that it's in Spain. Just move it to like France or Italy or yeah, somewhere it's, it's else. It's in the Caribbean, actually, the Caribbean. It's the like Carib- it's, it's, I, the islands Caribbean. in the Caribbean, but it's, a, it's inspired by- That's I mean, even is, worse. These than... are a lot of white people with, with Hispanic names, Spanish names, mm-hmm. and the only people of color, whether it's, you know, from, you know, the, the Jamaican style or, or anyone from Spain or, or anyone who like actually has a, a heritage from the Caribbean area, they were either servants or bystanders or people, you know, potentially the Nicholas brothers. Oh yeah. Eventually we finally got them, but but it was just like, they were the only ones that had any, any focus on them whatsoever. Yeah, I know. It's it's like, (laughs) and like, I know that this was a thing, especially in this era of Hollywood where like, they just make it it it, wor- it worked for the audiences and right. we're like okay we get it you we you're not uh defining racism yet but yeah, or you're not understanding set- that it's racist but well well the the other people's cultures are a set piece rather than you know than the actual event or the actual story you know I, you know, this is a story about a pirate, but you could do, you know, the stereotypical Irish pirate or a, or or a British it, or, pirate. Or, or like or, I said, you know. set it in France. Yeah, exactly. You could do the same I was, story. I was also just a little confused because it seemed like Judy and her aunt, though they have Hispanic Latin names. Yeah. I thought they were supposed to be like English people coming to wherever they are because I mean, the aunt they, has they, like an English like has that um English accent that, that faux that, yeah that faux upper class kind of you know. yeah but it was also it's it's kind of like the um uh crap in the 40s that what do they call it like that pan-atlantic accent or something yeah like it's that. like Catherine Hepburn you know yes it's, like, it's oh yes darling yeah it's it's yes, got it's but, got that but you're not fully British no no um but the other thing that I was really very upset about is yes. the seraphim he's like okay okay so we <laughs> so last time you're on we did Summerstock mm-hmm. we praised Judy's yes. character because Judy's character was very progressive especially mm-hmm. for Hollywood at the time same could be said about this movie in a way because she like lays down her boundaries and is but and especially in that scene after he crosses the tightrope and she's just like my guy no means no no yes exactly yeah Yeah. I'm getting married although I don't think she really loves Don Pedro like she's fine with marrying him well, she's resigned. I mean, this this movie points out a lot of the problems with the old patriarchy once again, you know, and there's that line that Aunt Inez says where she's like, oh, he's not here to listen to you, darling. You know, it's uh. like he's not here, you know, there's and she, her face falls when he says, oh, we're not going to go traveling because she's she suddenly gets really interested when he's like 
Paris is wonderful and blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, no, I'm not going to go to Paris. Spoiler alert. <laughs> because he's been the pirate all along, you know, he's been to all these places, but he's not going to go because he doesn't want to be arrested. So he's, You're, you know, he's staying we're, at home. We're spoiling a movie that's almost yes. 80 years old. 80 years like... old, exactly. Um, but you, you say, you talk about Seraphin. He is a total charming bastard he is but i will say i i i will say rewatching this as a as a as a very um mature woman at at this as point as an adult we'll say as an, an adult. adult as an adult yeah 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 when i watched it in in high school ish era i was just in them i mean anytime gene kelly smiles i just fall into him that's is this fine. another is this another Drew Barry moment I don't know. What does that mean? Like, so like, remember when you when we when you were on for Dewberry, you were just like, I liked it as a kid. <laughs> yeah, a little. Well, I still liked it as as an adult, but I noticed that it is high camp. This movie, this movie, if yeah. you notice, is extremely high camp. It's more in the sense of a Voltaire or a comedy of errors style of almost overacting on the part of Gene Kelly. He is. He is hamming every single moment up. Well, it's not the it's not Gene Kelly's performance. I'm mad at it's the no, it's the the writing of the, the words that he has to say because like my guy no means no and the fact like yes he but in that but in that genre there is always the scoundrel the romantic the the Pepe Le Pew as it were I you get, know, it's, yeah it's that yeah, kind I of. See it. Is that it's that kind of romantic escapades that uh, certainly marked a certain era, and it unless he had his comeuppance later on in the movie in a in a serious way, it wouldn't be made nowadays. I mean, the sad thing though is that there is still a variation of this character today. Yeah, because uh, you know, especially it's usually around like when people are about to have sex or something and they're very much in it's usually the guy that's like come on i know you want to and the girl's always like no oh let's we're making out but no i don't want to have sex but yes but no and it's like you say no 10 times and then you finally have sex like the first time is when you're just like great let's stop yeah we'll recalibrate and figure it out from there and and it's a character I hate. I hate it. Can we? Can, and that's totally legitimate. That's totally legitimate. Can can we stop writing that character? Or, I mean, it's very rare because I feel like I have seen it flipped, where it's a woman doing that role. The come on, let's have sex. Yeah, let's do it. You know, you yeah, want yeah. to. Ooh, like yeah, like in um in on the town, there's a whole scene where uh, in uh, where um uh what's the 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 cab driver. Um, oh yes you know come up to my place he's like yeah he really wants to go touring and she's like come up to my place come up to my place and it's it's the, it's this yes. reversal of of that kind of situation it's been so long i covered that right while ago and i think we did talk about that yeah. I, I if not we're talking about it now yeah. and but, certainly yeah. that this movie um let's let's gene kelly be goddamn charming and gorgeous in those tight pants once again oh the tight pants oh Oh. i did Uh, uh. and then later on there is a taming of the shrew moment where he gets shrapnel and tchotchkes and vases okay yeah thrown in his face so i would like to think that after this he 
Well, calms himself down. Well, first of all, I don't think she was overreacting. I mean, I get no. it that this is like a heightened comedy. We're we're in a movie. Right. Um I think though she should have been more angry looking. This is me giving her notes. Yeah, you're giving Judy Garland. I'm giving Judy Garland directed Garland notes. by Vincente Vincent Minnelli. But notes. like but you know he fucked her over. And he played with her. He pretended to be someone else. And this and, I mean this and, happens a lot. This is yeah. a like you think Shakespeare re- copied everything? This is like every other comedy movie in the golden age of Hollywood. Right. Yeah. Where it's a, a mistaken yeah. identity of sorts. But this is not um, even mistaken identity. This is manipulative. Maniv- or, yeah, manipulative identity. identity. Yeah. And when he tells her to not being vindictive, I wrote in caps, you <laughs> lied to her and also didn't listen to her boundaries. Like, because his dialogue while she's throwing shit at him, I was just like, you're not understanding anything. Nope. And And the fact that, like, at the end of the day, the takeaway is that male fragility is there is <laughs> is what is how people can listen to you. Like, is what? Because psychology, the psych. You mean the psychology of like of going well, at the end and and well, because you know, she, well, I mean, Coco. I, I mean, Manuela, uh, <laughs> Judy Garland, uh, had ends up playing on the male fragility yeah both gene kelly and don pedro yeah flash makoko she points she points out exactly these egos and and because like how okay. manipulative she can be because this is a, this is would you say this is a trope in uh golden age comedies where the women are leaps and bounds smarter than the men and they have but like they have to trick them into admitting something i mean that's a trope that has happened in the simpsons and married with children and but but like i um, mean i mean i mean and it's probably even like you could say it's even back in shakespearean times too the the women are always kind of the ones that roll their eyes you know behind the guys while they're being kind of wait a second wait a second is that based off would that be based off of um oh my god what is that Commedia, Commedia dell'arte. Yeah, because um, uh, off the Columbina character. You know, you're talking a, a language that I haven't spoken since college. Um, okay, so so <laughs> Commedia dell'arte. For bad. those of you who don't know, is a style, a style, yeah, yeah. a style of theater. Commedia, yeah, where it's farcical uh, stories, and there's there's these servants called the zani. And they mm. each have their own thing. And there's some references in this movie and the costumes to Arlequeno or the Harlequin. Mm-hmm. Um, Harley Quinn, for those of you yeah. who need a mo- more modern reference. Uh, <laughs> but there is this one character, Columbina. She is a servant, unmasked, because that was the whole thing with Commedia. They wore ma- specific masks for each character. Their but, iconography, basically. Y- yes, but Columbina, I believe, was one of the few characters that was not wearing a mask and she was like the wise female servant she would raise her eyebrows look at the look at the audience and go mm-hmm, right. from mm-hmm, our yeah. <laughs> stark definition of columbina would you say that like that's what judy is playing in a way 
I mean, yeah, I mean, she is the hero. She's she's kind of in the dark about a lot of things until the end. And then she goes, oh. Right, but she pieces things together. Yeah, oh yeah, you without can see being it in her told face. anything. Like, like um the what the uh uh Seraphin's co-worker? <laughs> the one oh, that yeah, plays the- the butler or something that yeah, accidentally Bolo, spills the beans. Bono, something like that. I can't remember. Sure, whatever. Where he, he's he screws it up like right out the gate. Right, <laughs> just... but you could. I feel like you can tell she knew something was amiss. Because like, yeah, but she was so eager to jump into those waters, though. There's oh a, yeah, I that, did write that down. Where was, where that she's scene getting ready? Where she's like, oh no, no, you can't ask that of me. Oh, how's my makeup? Oh, uh, oh, oh, you can't. Oh no, do I'm I want, not. Oh, do I want to wear this necklace or this, this other necklace? necklace? I'm gonna spray myself with perfume, and then I, she comes out beautifully, <laughs> you know, quaffed, ready to be quote unquote sacrificed for the mad pirate. She's wanting it. She's like, oh. If I'm going to go out, this is the way I'm going to go out. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think, though, because, okay, so at the end, I'm jump, we're jumping around because yeah. I, I, I didn't like this movie, but I'm going to. We can go, uh, we, we can go slowly. But we'll go slowly. Yeah. Yeah. At the end, did you think the aunt may have known that Don Pedro was Makoko? Cause no. I, I, so. I, I thought that when she broke the hip the the mirror thing i think that she just had seen um i think she knew that that had that had happened to uh manuela but i also think that she just didn't like the the whole magic and and okay. it was just witchcraft and just was just like none of that none of and that. see i thought i mean obviously she wants the money because she mm-hmm. thinks don pedro is the mate well he is the mayor yeah he's she the thinks mayor. He, and so he's protecting old- him yeah, but I, I mean, I didn't know if maybe she was in on it because, like, you know, at the beginning of the movie, uh, Manuela, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm never gonna stop that. Manuela um, talks about Makoko and how she loves him, and so I didn't know if maybe the aunt found out and was like helping it. Like, I, I don't know. It's just a, just a, like, this is my, this is my. Uh, niece's fiance and i'm not going to have him embarrassed in front of the the townsfolk so i'm just gonna go and break this mirror and ruin it well so because i mean in the movie there are only seven songs yeah and two of them are reprises and one of them was even not even a reprise it was it's listed as a reprise but you never actually hear the first version of it if you think about it the love of my life oh yeah yeah on imd on uh the wikipedia page they have parentheses outtake next outtake. to the first one yeah uh but like there are other songs that were for this movie um that were cut like manuela <laughs> or there's heard of that one yeah there's one called voodoo which i read on imdb that it was cut because uh, it um, it had a torrid romance enacted by Judy Garland and Gene Kelly, and um, too sexy, it, and it enraged Louis B. Mayer. Yeah. So he demanded the negative be burned. Can you imagine? Oh, like so a like, long lost Judy Jean scene. Damn it. So like, but like uh, in on a reading directly from Wikipedia, it says in two thousand two. 
uh, Rhino Handmade slash Turner Classic Movies Music released the complete Oscar-nominated score on CD, remastered and restored with rare outtakes and rehearsal demos. Oh, okay. So the outtakes were there, not what it's called. So, yes. There's there's evidence. There's long, so, long lost evidence. Wait, was Be a Clown? I, I didn't do a lot of research on this. I'm so sorry, everyone. Be <laughs> a Clown. Yes. Was that written for this movie? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. That is yeah. wild. Yeah. And then obviously <laughs> some people thought that it was uh, uh, ripped off for um, Make Them Laugh for Singing in the Rain, but uh, Cole Porter didn't choose decided not to um sue act all. on it yeah but but i know i think louis b mayer in 1953 or it, during the production of singing in the rain asked them to write a song that was very much like be similar a clown. yeah exactly okay so while we're on this subject and i yes. know we're not talking about singing in the rain which one do you prefer though do you prefer what? be a clown or uh make them laugh if you oh, had a, if you had to pick hard. one to listen to forever and I the other one had to be I, burned with, <laughs> oh with my the negative, God. with the voodoo negatives. Oh no! Oh God, that's so hard. Well, okay. Um, I, I would say "Make Them Laugh" is. Um, I love the opening. Um, I love. Um, I think it's. I think it's a lot more um, uh, actable. But "Be a Clown" has the, the 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 benefit of like an infinity number of lyrics that Cole Porter wrote because he usually wrote like 50 lyrics as options so you have like so many to choose from it's it's very much a swiss army knife of a song that's that's for sure and see going based off of performances in each movie i think i appreciate more make them laugh because of the stunt work that is happening the however is yeah. amazing yeah however I do love the Nicholas Brothers in Beatles. Oh, yeah. If we're talking about the dance. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Where? Okay. We have Gene Kelly. Yes. I feel like in this movie, they also underutilized his dancing. Because, like, because, like, he, um, I didn't like the dancing in Nina. I didn't like Nina to begin with. <laughs> Let's be frank. Just here. on the misogyny alone. Yes, and like, the page- I don't care what she, I don't care what she's her actual name is. I'm just gonna call every single woman Nina. I yes, and I I even thought it was the dancing was a little lackluster because hmm, to me Gene Kelly is more of a he's a showman in a way. Mm-hmm. It's like we we talked for what seemed like hours in Summerstock about that the the squeak and the newspaper yeah dance routine where yeah. even like that is still showmanship in my mind because like yeah he's still I mean, di- it's it's a quiet showmanship though it's not yeah. like loud and out there like say good morning yeah um so like when he did the pi- when there was that pirate dance that happened or oh, pirate yeah. ballet i believe the, palette, the 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 fever dream that that manuela has yeah, I I was like, this is fine, but it's not, it's not really his style either. It it's interesting because I I read that he uh was trying to put a lot more of his ballet training into this, and I don't quite see it. No, I don't. Might be how he it. holds himself. Maybe, as... maybe. But there are. I will say, once again, 
God bless short pirate shorts because his mm. thighs in uh, that sequence, holy Moses! Yes, just just to watch th- that sequence and um, his his athleticism, his stunt work was oh, amazing. Don't get me wrong; the fact that like he he's was parkouring, fighting, across, like oh my god, and, and then then him fighting and also ropes, ropes swinging and yeah, I that also, was just. I also got very worried during Be a Clown with the <laughs> Nicholas brothers because they're by open flames. They're oh, by oh, yeah. real fire. I was just like, wait, is that like, because you know how there's some props that it's like a fabric and light yeah, and they're no, fl- no. And a, are, a fan and everything. Stuff. That's real fire. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, one misstep and you're burned. Literally. There was a safety manager hopefully on hand. <laughs> But, I mean, yeah. it was also the golden age of Hollywood where they got away with a oh lot of shit. Gosh. Yeah, they did. I.e. not having a stunt double for Gene Kelly while no. he fisticuffs. But he, but he was one. He was kind of like Jackie Chan. I don't think he would appreciate a, a, a stunt man doing his own stunts. I think he was proud of, of his of his athleticism and stuff like that. You know, I mean, I, I do have I'd like I, to ask. <laughs> I will give this movie credit where um, the actors did their own stunts and it like uh, and blatantly obvious it's them because like they there's don't no cuts there's no cuts there's no cutaway yeah. you see their face and i mean this was also like the wild west of filmmaking where like you know you everything you had to do everything <laughs> yeah and to be sure a lot of them were insured but um but accidents did happen back then i mean you know gene kelly right. you know uh twisted his ankle i think uh, soon after this movie and because he I think he broke his foot I think playing football uh, in 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 some sort of you know yard out front and he was not even on do... film how dare. no he was just having fun and he was he apparently he uh, he twisted his ankle um, he was supposed to do uh, his third movie by that time with Judy Garland called Easter Parade and he wasn't able to do it so he actually uh, yeah, I think he he either he or someone else contacted Fred Astaire and and Gene was like, "This is the one that 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 is the best to replace me." And Fred Astaire came out of retirement and had a whole different career after Easter Parade. So you know, I I so, think <laughs> so he knew is his Gene... limitations. Gene knew his limitations, but he also he also was incredibly athletic and and is would, would put himself calling, out there. Is Gene Kelly calling Fred Astaire his understudy? No, no, he's no, a good kidding, friend, and he knows that he can. He would, he would be perfect in the role, which he was. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of them, one of them could probably man. understudy the other one. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> like I'm pretty sure if one turned down a role, they gave it to the other person. Could you imagine? I actually can imagine a Fred Astaire in the pirate because Fred Astaire was actually played very. Uh, almost lecherous roles with uh with ginger rogers like there were many times where fred astaire would pursue ginger rogers even as after she said no 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 it's no. true you know so this is kind of in that same that same trope so <laughs> to your knowledge has yes. gene kelly and fred astaire been in a movie together the only thing that they were ever truly in besides a bunch of hosting things i think they were in um that's entertainment um um, as hosts, and then in uh, Ziegfeld Follies, I believe. I believe it was Ziegfeld Follies. The mo- it was more of a of a 
uh, review review they did a number called um uh oh god it, it's a it was an old number that fred and his sister adele uh adele Astaire? yes adele Astaire would do and it was a babbit and the bromide and it was the two of them dancing the babbit and the bromide and it's like it was I, it was lovely because it was funny and cute and you could see them doing exactly the same tap numbers and dance numbers but in completely like different they had ways. their own techniques yeah, yeah it was very it was lovely it was i lovely. i'm now a little upset well they may have been under different contracts but i'm mm-hmm. a little upset that like there was never like like you know how there's that movie heat where de niro and al pacino are actually sharing the screen together and not like, we're yes! not kind of godfather too like they have yeah. a scene together and everything i want that but for fred and gene like and i wish gene. i wish we yeah. could go back in time and be like here's a here's a dumb script but you guys yeah. are just gonna sing and dance the whole time right i i would see that let me find my my time machine i will go back and make that right. happen awesome let's do it yes. and then we're gonna cover it on this podcast exactly <laughs> oh my god and i'll know all the hidden secrets because i'll already have been on the set making it happen <laughs> And I'll be like, Gene and Fred, they would just go and have manicures and pedicures after each show. Uh, or, or, or or talk shit about the other person, because <laughs> I feel like they would have done that. But like in a, in, in like a, in like a we're friends kind of a way where it's like, uh, that, that, like, like, uh, that Gene Kelly, he, he's such a good dancer. How fucking dare he? God. Damn it, he's Ah, that Fred Astaire, so handsome, getting all the ladies. (laughs) Motherfucker. But like, they probably, (laughs) they probably didn't do that. They probably like in real life were just like, I should have gotten this role. I think they had a lot of, a lot of um, professional maturity about (laughs) themselves and respect. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, Now back to Uh, the pirate, I guess. Back to the pirate. You know what? I I mean, can can we talk about... A couple of things that I loved about this, and this is not necessarily the the, the sharps or flats, but um, can we just talk right off the bat about all the gorgeous hats and head wraps and head wraps <laughs> and and costumes? Yes, I mean actually, their budget for costumes was astronomical. astronomical. They had okay. some gorgeous outfits, but the hats in particular almost played. I mean, they played characters in some scenes. And even down to like the, I mean, the, I think this is supposed to be in like 1830. I heard, I, I think one of the dresses that Judy Garland wore was, was modeled after an 1830s. Um, oh, gown. you can, you can tell it's, or, I mean, if it's not 1830s, it's probably closer to 1860s because mm-hmm. she had that weird off. So in 18, little costume history for everyone. Okay. In the 1860s, women looked like two triangles basically because they were <laughs> wide on top uh wide at the shoulders mm-hmm. very narrow waist and then Corsets, it yeah. poofs out to a um a wide skirt that cut yeah. off right above the ankle mm-hmm. so very attractive clothing for women the hourglass figure yeah not even an hourglass well i mean an hourglass meaning a you know and just like and so Judy does wear, um, in the I think it's the opening her first mm. like one of, or one of her first dresses is that style, and I was just like, oh, gross. 
<laughs> just like be- yellow plaid or something like that. Some- it's weird- that, it's- that opening muffin top plaid hat that she wore, and she's the only one out of the all the chorus girls who's wearing it. I was just like, that's a choice right there. That- well, because then the hat gets wet. So they had to make a a thing. Yeah, I don't know. Well, well, and then later on in in the the scene where she actually gets to see the Caribbean, she actually goes to the Caribbean and and meets Seraphin. That floppy wide hat that gets ruined. Oh, that's the one you're talking about. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, I yeah. Think you a different one. No, no, no. I meant the very first scene. It's this. It's just almost Scottish. It's like this red plaid hat. That's that's like a like a popcorn, you know, poofed up. I'm not gonna hat. lie. I blacked it out. Cause... It's the very front first scene. It's hilarious. It's 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 wonderful and yeah, I love yeah. I loved it. Uh, and, then, I, and then Seraphin. Oh, sorry, I'm talking about hats again. That's okay. <laughs> a Seraphin, when he's doing a, a bark, you know, basically um, promoting his show on uh, at the docks, he has this long, you know, um, sock hat yes. as well. So it's just like the 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 costumer had so much fun with the with the. Well, the- I mean, you could tell that this is also around the time that they were throwing all the colors. Oh, because they were like, well, this gorgeous. is a musical comedy, so we're going to throw all the colors. And like, sometimes it works. Yeah. I didn't like his vest that had all the different like colors going down it. I noticed that. I was like, they're not buttons and they're not handkerchiefs. They're like it looks of colors, like injecting themselves or, or rejecting themselves out of the. But the black pirate shirt that he wears but before and after be a clown when he's about mm-hmm. to get hanged. Oh, I with the side buttons. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. I was just like, that's gorgeous. Hot. Like, Hot. yes. Like that's what I want the whole that's what I wanted all show. You wanted a little bit more sophisticated. You did not want the you know, yeah. Well, so I'm also a little confused because Makoko it's just the name of Don Pedro. It's not like the Dread Pirate Roberts where it's a name, but it's a different person every time, correct? Right, exactly. He is, his name is Makoko. His nickname is Mac the Black. His uh, alias is, is Don his, Pedro. Yes, okay. Yeah. Okay, because, you know, there were points where I did read the IMDb summary beforehand and everything, and I was just like, but, like, could Gene Kelly be a Makoko? Be, or could somebody else be Makoko and still stealing I, things? I would, I mean, I would say that there is, there was high probability that at some point some pirates would retire and hand over their title their to moniker. someone else, you know, that that's happening actually in, um, in the, the, uh, the current television program. Um, our, our flag means our death. Our flag means death. See, see, you can do that, you know? Yes. So. Gay I pirates. Would. Yay. Gay pirates. <laughs> um yeah so so that you know the, i think i think the moniker as, especially if it is a there are you know there are no witnesses except for apparently seraphin as a young boy you know um you you don't know who it is it's just the reputation mm-hmm. you know i have to say though you were you were about judy's costumes i was about her hair gorgeous gorgeous I mean, hair like yeah. she they uh Locked. like there was that one style that it was like pulled back and she had beads hanging around mm-hmm. her forehead. Yeah. The, or, the, or the very, the finale where it was like a coral crown 
Uh, that's the one I'm talking about. Of, yeah, that's oh, one, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that 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 or, dress, that coral look, that color. Oh, it's gorgeous. Or or like they would put weird buns on top of her head, like when she's uh, when she was uh, actively getting ready, but saying, "No, I don't want to no, go no, with no. him." Yeah, yeah, like that. What it was that one bun that held the veil? Like, <laughs> I it was odd, and I loved it. Yeah. Well, and you had like, to you had to build up something during that time to put the to put the and I can't remember is it at Mantilla Mantilla yeah Mantilla um you know you had to have some the sort comb. of the, yeah the comb area to to stick it we couldn't do that in modern days otherwise you know it would fall off all the time so <laughs> you need to have a, fa- a strong foundation for for the for the headdresses of the time so yeah is this her is that was that her that was her natural color right yeah I think because so. like for um. What's it called? Wizard of Oz, they dyed it the dark brown. A darker. Yeah, I mean, she always had seemed to have a red. It seems like a strawberry blonde in this movie. And it's like a it's like a, a reddish brown, I would say. I'm not mad about it. No, it's gorgeous. I think it's, it's she always looked really good in red, in red lipsticks, in red outfits, little little tinges of red in her hair. I I yeah, I liked it. She had not quite as red. Didn't you have red in uh, Meet Me in St. Louis, like fire red? Yeah. Like, so really... a... Whoa, oh, uh, uh, have yourself a merry little Christmas. She's in, she's in red. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For that one. Um, but in this one, yeah, red is her signature color because there's when she gets hypnotized, she has that red skirt. Skirt, yeah, that she threw on, which is gorgeous as well. I mean, I also, because she sings... She sings Mac the Black and you can do no wrong because mm-hmm. love of my life and love of my life is Gene Kelly. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. I mean, as great as a voice as she has, I don't think these are the right songs for her. She she sells them. And these are not these are not the best Cole Porter songs. I feel like these know? songs also didn't deserve to be with this story. Like they they were fighting each other because like, be a clown was wild. <laughs> yeah, that one that one that one um uh, uh survived the 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 test of time. That's for sure. Most people know be a clown as as a as a standalone song. They don't know Nina. They don't know and they don't love need to know life. Nina. I think the like I I actually heard a recording, and this is the this is the weird thing that I that I never knew before until until now. Um, I think it's love of my life was supposed to be in like the original script was supposed to be sung by Lena Horn. They wrote a character for Lena Horn to play in like the first, the first, very first version of the script. And it, the whole thing didn't work. They rewrote it. Lena Horn's part got cut. But you okay, can hear I... Lena Horn recording, like not, I think she did it separately, but she did a recording of, of, I think love of my life. I think that's the one that she did, um, which is beautiful. She's gorgeous in it. But even Lena Horne, I was like, mm, I, this is a little schmaltzy. It's not. It's a romantic kind of can't help loving that man of mine. I I'm going to be abused and I'm going to love it kind of song. And uh, you know, it, it, they, but there's a reason why I don't think a lot of these Cole Porter songs survived in the in the pop culture consciousness after this you know well Um, you can you can also thank uh the lovely for 
reviving be a clown because yes. it's used in that so. that's true that's true yeah. but like you know you have cole porter and you already have a script so like i mean i guess mac the black kind of works within the store the world of the story yeah but i was a little confused because um in this age they never they they sometimes define when it's a performance and then they define they they don't define when it's a performance some because like you know when we were talking last mm-hmm. last time about um oh fuck what's that song that she sings outside that gene kelly hears in summer stock uh, uh um friendly star yes so i was confused as to whether that was an actual performance or not because we the audience know it's musical musical movie right. moment but like in the world of the movie I was yeah. I was confused. Well, and Mac so the Black, Mac the Black is an interesting piece because one of first of all she's hypnotized and right. it's it's a musical movie but she's performing on a stage. She is there is assume assuming to be some sort of orchestra that suddenly starts playing with her but no but they but but you you hear that um Seraphin actually recognizes that she is a kick-ass performer, kind of like Summerstock, and and at, by the end God they're performing. T- by the end they're performing together, and she's she's become a traveling actor with the troupe. But like also at the end of Mac the Knife, there is applause from the rest of the audience or the rest of the people there, and so right. I was just like, okay, so this happened in the universe. It's in universe, and she's singing and the the ensemble knows how to uh how to sing with her and everyone knows the lyrics and everyone uh hears an orchestra that is not there and that's the magic of movie musicals you gotta you gotta pull your 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 cynical you know oh no it's not things are reality you know (laughs) well because you know it's hard with movies like this yeah because I'm not saying because of the classic Hollywood of it. I'm saying because mm-hmm. there are actors in it. Like right. like they are playing actors. Right. And so, and he's, or what are they just like a vaudeville, like pre-vaudeville vaudeville Yeah, it's a, show? It's, a, it's a troupe. It's a, it's a performance troupe. Yeah. So, so they do all sorts of, you know. So they are performers of, yeah. some, of some kind. Yeah. And so when they have a performance, you know it's a performance. But right. when there isn't a performance or or when it's not them performing when it's lady judy right um i was just like wait <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong love judy but yeah. in the in terms of the movie what am i watching yeah exactly i mean she so, starts singing and everyone gets wrapped up in it that's that's it right and then it's like oh you performed it great I I was confused for the rest for like five minutes while you were performing it, but I'm glad we got an answer. Right, exactly. Finally. Yeah, um, but it's not like Love of My Life or um, Love of My Life where she sings to him romantically. That's that's once again that's a that's a, and you can do nothing. Reality, wrong. you can yeah. do no wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a reality kind of monologue or scene. But know. like Nina, is that him performing it or is that? Yeah. It's tough because once again he's using the romance of the song to uh justify to, to, to justify like, you know, 
dancing with these ladies. So I, I it's he's performing in a weird way because he's getting attention from everyone and she's getting he's getting attention. He's performative to the to the women. And I think and I noticed at the very end he goes back to a poster of himself and points to it like during the denouement. And I'm like, oh, my God, this has just been a huge marketing plan to drum up business. And I think that's what he says to his friend when uh... like, I'm going to go, you know, see who the who the. Local People ladies are. are. Local ladies yeah. are, but he's also he's building an audience. He's audience. He's marketing. Because mm, because in the middle of the song or whenever um, he calls a random on a, a random chorus girl, mm. uh, Nina, and she's like, "My name is Luisa" or whatever, and he's yeah. like, "No, no, oh, but you're Nina. You're Nina. <laughs> Nina to me. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know if anyone has seen this. There's this movie called John Tucker Must Die, where I've heard of it, yeah. Where in it, Britney Snow's character calls all of the men her her mom dates just Chip. Because, like, <laughs> she's like, I'm not going to learn your name. You're going to be broken up in, like, two seconds. So oh, harsh. <laughs> I had, I, I was just brought to that moment. I was like, oh, okay. A little dismissive of your person, your unique personality and, you know. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. but, like, it's played differently. Yeah. Because, like, in this case, it's romantic mm-hmm. or supposed to be romance because right. he's like i'm gonna sleep with all of you ladies yeah. hey yo and in that case it's like i don't care to know who you are yeah i mean in both cases i don't care to know your name but in her case it's like no no you're gonna be you're gonna be gone in a few seconds i'm <laughs> i'm permanent <laughs> and you know as as much as i'm a feminist once again if you're gonna hire me to be on set looking gorgeous fanning myself and gene kelly comes up and sings to me and i'm supposed to smile I- i'm gonna do it i'm sorry that's i'm uh, i'm a sucker I I, again a sucker. i'm not blaming gene kelly <laughs> he's just doing his job i mean granted he probably did choreograph it so like he's partially to blame for the <laughs> yeah. for the choreography but like cole Porter wrote wrote the lyrics and the music um yeah then vincente probably also had a hand in i don't know directing him of course yeah and uh, also i am a huge advocate against cigarettes but that cigarette kiss did you notice that cigarette kiss that he does i honestly i am forgetting <sighs> this movie by the minute so, that he, we're talking so a about woman it. is 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 smoking a cigarette it's a pretty short cigarette it's like down to the nub yeah he takes it out of her mouth puts it in his mouth, bends her over, flips the cigarette into his mouth, kisses her, slowly comes up, flips the cigarette back, and breathes smoke into her into her face. Uh, and I hate cigarettes, but that is a baller move right there. That is just... That is he, sensual right there. He, I mean, there's a, the other moment where he steals somebody's cigar... So, oh yeah, and then pans it back, and he's like, Alleg- <laughs> allegedly, according to IMDb. Speaking of cigarette smoking, yeah. uh, Judy was smoking like four packs a day. Wasn't everyone at that point? But like they made, but also according to IMDb, and yeah. I found this very interesting considering the tirade I went on the on for Summerstock. Mm-hmm. Um, the studio hired a psychiatrist. Uh, a psychiatrist or a therapist yeah for her for this film and that was like the first time they did that just to make sure she can 
do her job. Make it through the job? Yeah. I mean, I so, think she was also postpartum or something like that. Oh, okay. Maybe. With, with Liza? With Liza? Liza. Maybe. I, I, either that or, like, there was a history of, of, of that, and so they wanted to make sure that she was taken care of. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. And if you guys want to listen to my whole tirade about how the studio system fucked over judy garland go listen oh, yes. to some of the summer stock episode yeah yeah i i went on the soapbox i try i am trying so hard not to go on the same soapbox this episode but because i already did it yeah. um sierra is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat well um we can talk uh, i mean i love i love some of the lines some of the some of the dialogue is really sharp and i'm not quite sure how much of it was in the original script or whether it was plucked. you're saying like how it how they perform it not like you're sharpening it um, like sharp how they are doing it no i'm sharpening the the actual lines the, oh, the the lines of them we're starting okay okay yes and i have a couple other uh, other things but um but that you want to that you want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat or are we yeah, go yeah, oh. yeah i mean i wanted to talk about okay. some of the some of the um some of the more modern uh dialogue that that they were throwing in there that was pretty sharp pretty pretty cool um that i wrote down a couple of them and they were like you know uh uh aren't you interested in love and she says no i told you i was going to be married <laughs> little ones like like don't call me pure soul it irritates me um, ah, that yeah, was that was kind of funny yeah there was just so many funny uh, oh, oh, is it? And some of the lyrics are hilarious. Um, it's like you would kill- say she's a strong character, a oh, strong yeah. female feminist character. Yeah, she's she's pushing through some things, which is which was enough. And then I love the hints of summer stock to come, where she's like, oh, she's she's like, oh, dis- you're such a common actor, disgusting and degrading. I despise actors to like. Because she knows suddenly that she that he's an actor later on uh-huh. and he's been faking all this time. So he's like, oh, yes, I love you, Makoko. I to think you were pretending to be such a such a. But again, you know, this yeah. is the, the male fragility that she's playing off of to right. make him admit something. And then at the end, when he's when he's when he's actually been knocked out, the one line that revives him is you're a wonderful actor. And then he wakes up. It's just it's those kinds of hilarious things that were just like. Yep, that's that's the comedy of of the day. Those little subtle things. I also really appreciated um, the scene where he's pretending to be Makoko for the first time and terrorizing the townsfolk, fighting policemen. What the hell? And and that uh, leads into the ballet. Yeah, that leads into the ballet, and the scene where he's terrorizing the the um, Don Pedro and Aunt Inez and and everyone. And he suddenly cuts off all of the hammy acting throughout the entire thing. He's underplaying everything, and there. And he's like uh, Don Pedro, who is basically saving his own skin by playing along with him. Suddenly yells out, "No, no! You, you got to leave! You got to leave! You got to leave! Everyone, get out of here! What are you doing? What are you and then uh, Seraphin comes in and goes. Uh, um, I will leave only with Manuela. Well, he says he's like, I uh, leave, and then um, 
And then later on, and then he says basically, oh, where is it? I'm I'm finding. Wait, it. did you type it out, or is that the script in front of no, you? No, I'm I typed it out. Oh, he says. Oh my god. <laughs> bored at work. Come on. Um, he says. He says to uh, he actually does an actor note to Don Pedro, and he says, "You should try underplaying sometimes. Very effective." So that that to me that to me clued me in that Gene Kelly first of all knew knew exactly how much to ham it up to make this a heightened comedy or performance you know, performance because yeah. he just downplays it all the way and he makes it makes an actor comment which is I laughed so hard you know. 25 years after watching it the first first time i'm like i understand that now i know what that that's a reference to okay good yeah mm, yep yep i still don't like it <laughs> i know no i mean but it's not his it's not again it's not the actor's fault <laughs> it's purely the writing <laughs> i don't think it's even vincente's fault vincent yeah i i, I think it, yeah it, it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a whole production of of choices that were that you know got rolled into something that has uh has some cool moments and i will also say that um the be a clown with the nicholas brothers is some is a historic piece of um of cinema history well because i know the nicholas brothers from their other routine that they have which um, was from like stormy weather and and other no, ones what's no? the one where they they jump down some stairs into splits. Is that is that the one with the Cab Calloway? It was it was on the internet so uh -huh. many times. Like, oh, it's in one take, unrehearsed. I'm like, no, of course it was rehearsed. You nimwits. No, um, and it's not one takes. There are cuts in it, but yeah, they're course. they're dancing on top of like where the orchestra. Yeah, oh. the orchestra is below them. I think that's Stormy Weather with Cab Calloway. But please correct I'm me going if I'm to, wrong. I'm going to look it up right now. Right, in future me. Is going to cut this out. It is stormy weather. You were correct. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I thought it was some some other big bandy number. Well, but that that was very famous um, with black audiences, but not white audiences. Well, I, to I'm, have the Nicholas Brothers dance with a white man in this big, you know, uh, production was actually quite dangerous, and the scene was actually cut for a lot of Southern audiences when it came out. But like Fred, uh, not Fred Astaire, wrong person. <laughs> but like Gene Kelly and Judy Garland did fight for the Nicholas Brothers to be in this to movie. To be in it, yeah. Because so. they were, I think Gene Kelly was learning a lot from, from them and, and respected them. Uh, okay, let's actually get into Sharp and Flat, shall we? Okay. Sure. Sharp Flat. Uh, so in this section we're going to highlight some moments whether or not we talked about it if we liked it it's sharp and if we didn't like it or thought it changed it's flat um so you kind of said some of your sharps why don't you continue with them um gosh beyond the hats um beyond the hats beyond and the some hats. of the the comedic dialogue yeah um let me let me i think i think my favorite sequence is the um just because of Gene Kelly's thighs is is the pirate sequence where he dances full out with like a spear and fire and explosions and he shoots two guys and yes oh <laughs> uh, i think when i first saw that that it it helped me um knew that i was <laughs> i was a straight woman 
Um, <laughs> it was a sexual awakening for you. It was a sexual awakening. It was that and David Bowie and Labyrinth. But the two those those two yes. moments, I think, were were seminal points in in my my experience. Um, <laughs> and and just the fact that he's just flat out being being a bastard and being a pirate, uh, a, a dream pirate, you know, mm. in a full MGM studio. I mean, as great as the short the shorts are, I sharped the brown pants that he wears that are painted on basically painted. i yes. mean can we just agree that that gene kelly we can we can sharp gene kelly's uh ass and thighs i also wanted to sharp the mustache it it was nice it worked it worked, it worked. for me and the hair too like gene Ke- okay so gene kelly again yeah. we're just gonna sharp gene kelly yeah. it's fine God damn it. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm converting you. I worked through my trauma last time with it. <laughs> I also but will, will Gene start... Kelly, not yes. Seraphin. No, no. Because Gene Kelly. I, I think it, I mean yeah. I, I I mean I, I usually I don't usually do this, but I flatted Seraphin as a character. <laughs> Gene Kelly asshole. Sharp, Seraphin Flat. He is such an asshole. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And and Judy Garland, once again, kind of like in Summerstock you see you see every single choice that she makes even with a raised eyebrow and a look you know she knows how to switch gears mm-hmm. so quickly but so believably oh she's so wise and in this even, movie yeah and even when she is <laughs> there's a moment where she like is 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 actually honestly freaked out about about seraphin coming coming to to stalk her and she's like oh my god you know she's she's screeching but she's doing it so believably some the of those takes that, are hilarious the way that she's like got that squeak out she knew what her voice could do and she just went with it yeah, yeah. i don't know but like i didn't know if that was an accident a happy accident or if it was her either way kudos yeah yep um I sharped the Nicholas Brothers as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> what? When, when, uh, when Gene Kelly, I think it's after Nina. I'm not hmm. sure. There's a bagpiper randomly. <laughs> and like the parade that, that he marched, that he leads. But there is no bagpipe noise. Music. <laughs> it's the silent bagpiper. <laughs> but like he is blatantly playing. That's amazing. So that's what I sharped. Yes. Um, also, oh, also, I really want to highlight the guy who played Don Pedro. His name is uh, Walter Slezak, or S-L-E-Z-A-K. He's an Aust- He's Austrian. He was born no. in Austria. So he had a little bit of an accent, but it but I don't know what he was doing. He was able to play both the kind of sniveling, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, frightened person. And then he would rage as a pirate and you could totally believe him. I mean, not going to lie. Did not see that twist coming. Okay, good. I, yeah, that's great. You know? Cause and, I, th- I thought it was like nobody. No, you know what I mean? exactly. That he was just the mayor and he was just a foil for yeah, yeah, yeah. for Manuela's, you know, <laughs> you know lack of yes. freedom. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would invite everyone to take a look at his wiki photo 
because he was gorgeous he was beautiful and the sad thing is is that he actually killed himself in 1983 because he was experiencing so many physical ailments that he just it was like we needed someone like to to, to take care of him you know and and he That's had so to sad. take yeah it was sad you know but as a as a i'm i'm kind of a a Oh yeah, you found it, huh? Yeah. He was tall and gorgeous. So yeah. I mean, he was kind of he was kind of attractive in this movie too. I'm not gonna lie. He he had magnetism, that's for sure. Yeah, big burly magnetism. I mean, if you even look at his IMDb photo, oh, he's very young. Yes, I'll I will say that in the IMDb photo. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, he's still, yeah, he's he's still very attractive. Yeah. Um, but he was great at playing both sides of that coin. You know? Again, male fragility. Yeah. Uh, so every once in a while in this section, I have what I like to call unnatural. It's neither a sharp nor a flat, but we still need to like highlight it and talk about it. And for me, it. it's the costumes. There's just something about them that like, I both like and dislike at the same time. Mm-hmm. They made th- choices. They made very strong choices. Her wedding gown was so beautiful. All that lace. Well, yes, but like oh, I'm. I think it's more like the overall picture where yeah. it, the ensemble and everything. Every because, like, I feel like this era they used too many colors. Especially for the comedies. Because they were like, this is, we, they are projecting to say, you, you need to feel a certain way. So we're going to lighten the mood by having everyone in all the colors. It and not historically and, accurate, that's for right. sure. But so, it's, technic- it's a Technicolor, you know, uh, extravaganza. This is before CG and, you know, before everything you can blow up anything you know this is this is the way that they entertained the eyes as well as the ears for you know two hours and that's what they promised the audiences of the time um yeah so they they used costume for that but me in 2022 watching this yeah i'm not so versed into classic hollywood as i feel like i should be Mm -hmm. so watching it it's watching it now it's still kind of just like oh that's a little too much (laughs) too many yellows too many reds yes yes so many so many lilac lilacs and purples and purples yeah i liked i liked uh seraphin's purple and black uh cape that he had so i think it's for me it's more about the color of the costumes rather than the costumes themselves cool the silhouettes and everything um also i'm not really a big fan of like that that two triangle dress that I was talking about earlier. Gotcha. That's just, but I, that's just my, my personal taste of it, of everything. You'll, you'll um, leave the petticoats at home. Yes. I, <laughs> I, I won't leave my pettiness though. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, what are your, what are your flats? If you have any, I mean, you should. Yeah, We're, I do. We I talked do. about some of them. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there's just this idea that, that, um, I mean the the whole misogyny and the and the pursuit of of a woman, yes, has, has, you know as many times as 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 he he 
pursued her and the woman as as a a manipulate manipulated person even if she gets her come up and or or he gets, he his, gets come his up and come up and by the end um it's just hard to it's just hard to go through <laughs> it's just hard to be like okay right um, you know and like and like i know we could probably as disassociate ourselves from present day and think back mm-hmm. but like even then that was just like contrived and yeah they should have known better yeah exactly um yeah yeah i it's just it it felt a little um uh like you could you could kind of see from one scene to the next the uh the gears shift very clumsily from one to one scene to the next what do you mean what do you yeah exactly so um i flatted the setting yeah once again once, the setting yep. is the setting is is for the benefit of uh yeah of or, less the culture and more more the or event the, i mean they completely rewrite her character to be like you're a british person on holiday in the caribbean and then they hire uh people who would be in the caribbean yeah you know, people of color as well no talk. i mean like i mean like they could keep they could keep judy but say that she's english an english woman or something you think or judy an american could do a british accent she's an american then how's that yeah oh uh, yeah okay <laughs> well they're supposed to be in the caribbean but they're speaking like american english yeah but it's uh, it's assumed that they're speaking spanish or some sort of uh local local dialect of some sort uh but yeah i mean make her an american make her an american and her aunt and then have everyone else be appropriately cast as yep. well i'm gonna say um i hated nina nina mm-hmm. it can it can not be here and the, and i flattered the fact that the nicholas brothers are only in be a clown that's that's what they risked. That's what they risked. And I'm going that's to also think. I'm also going to add that both Gene and Judy were underutilized, but uh, besides their acting, yeah, their acting were great. But like their other talents were other underutilized in this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel gotcha. like. All right. Okay. All right. The other the other um oh I just had a sharp and I can't remember what it what it was. Oh, the sequence, the 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 sequence where they they're smashing everything in that room. Yes, that's a lot of one. Like there are a lot of wide shot one takes. Yes, and I was very uh, impressed by the stunt uh, coordination and choreography of Gene Kelly, literally and and Judy also, and they're running around the room and they. And I don't know, I want to know, I wonder how they did it. Because it's yeah. like, the one one theory that I just thought up is that they probably were like, all right, Gene, say the lines, but we're going to ADR you because <laughs> we're going to also shout throw or whatever, you know. I would imagine they, they rehearsed with pillows, you know, or right, or, or something like that, where they really, you know, they kind of got... Okay, and you're going to do this. You're going to do, you know, you're going to move this. You're going to say the line. You're going to duck, you know. And then you're going to throw, yeah. Yeah, and, and then they use sugar position, glass, yeah. obviously, or some some equivalent for that, for, for the ceramics. Um, 
and I loved the sh- the moment where where Manuela goes upstage and tries to pick up the statue of Buddha. <laughs> That's way too heavy. <laughs> that made me laugh. That was that was another. And she's another, like, uh, "No, what's next? No, there's okay. there's on the table." Ha, <laughs> yeah. Ha, ha. Uh, 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 uh. And then he gets stuck in the railing, and she whips his ass with a with a with a sword. And you know, it's you know they a foil, I think it was. And he's like, ah, you know, it, there was there was some very wonderful physical humor, just in the like I said, the taming of the shrew kind of violence between the two of them. Uh, would you add any of the songs from your to your life's playlist? Just your ever growing life's playlist every time. I would, you I would say this? be. I would. I would do some be a clown. And see, I didn't like this version of it. Well, that's the first version. That's the first ever. Right, version. right. Um, but then I'll also associate it with this movie that I don't like. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I said was, no, yeah. <laughs> no songs. I will say my favorite. Um, my favorite lyric in Nina is I'll be having schizophrenia till I make you mine. <laughs> Cole Porter, man. <laughs> you know. What bonkers on some of his lyrics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, Mac the Black round the Caribbean or Caribbean Sea. You know, the <laughs> he just was having fun with the emphasis of Caribbean and Caribbean and waves of masculinity you know it's like oh oh god well i'm calling it we're done okay (laughs) we talked about a lot of other movies while we were talking about the pirates so you know you get a a couple extra bonus bonus uh movies mixed welcome to podcasting everyone (laughs) um sierra is there anything you want to plug or promote I am free as the as the breeze right now. I'm uh, I sing with my vocal group Marky Five. Uh, we have yet to put anything on the books right now. I am auditioning. I mean, is, and... did all the volumes of the Sondheim albums come out? Yet? Volume three is supposed to come out soon. Maybe okay. by the end of the end of the summer, like maybe. Oh, there's That's no official word on it. Not quite yet. That's what we're hoping. But I do have a. Uh, s- songs with uh, Marky Five and then a very special duet. Hopefully, that's going to make the cut. So, yeah, nice. But like, can't the- say anything. Yeah. Marky Five was featured on the other two volumes, I yes. believe. And we have a couple songs on this one too. Nice. Yeah. Um, where can people find you or Marky Five uh, uh, on on the interwebs or all, social all medias? The, all the socials: M A R Q U E E F I V E for Marky Five, and my name Sierra. S-I-E-R-R-A, last name Ryan, R-E-I-N. I feel like I keep saying your name wrong. What, Saira? No, Ryan. I feel like sometimes I say Ryan. Like Ryan. Ryan? Yeah. You can go back and just redub yourself if you've messed it up before. Nope. 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 We're one one take wonders here. (laughs) Um, If you want to reach out to the podcast and tell me that I'm wrong for not liking this movie. You are allowed to have that opinion. You can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Did you think these songs were appropriate for this movie? <laughs> Even though they were written for it, apparently? Oh boy. Uh, and if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about Jacques Brel is alive and well and living in Paris. Ooh nice never seen it i'm excited very cool (laughs) sierra thank you so much for coming back you were 
I don't know if you are definitely planned to come back for oh you are I see you I see you I see your name a couple of times yeah 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 you're you are definitely on the schedule for the next for a few for more future. episodes for, for future, future episodes future discussions yes maybe, maybe one day we'll I'll just throw you a curveball and be like oh. you're being a co-guest oh or something oh, no <laughs> oh. that sounds good maybe Ooh. a movie that I'm like I didn't see when I was 13 and I'm watching anew for the first time and I have nothing, nothing to say about it until okay. I actually see it. Okay. Ooh. You'll have to stump me. You'll have to find something that I haven't watched before. I, I will. <laughs> and since, but like, since you are the classic Hollywood uh, correspondent, we will make sure it's also classic Hollywood. And hopefully you haven't seen it yet. All right. We'll but it. thank you so much for coming back. Thank and you, John. everyone listening, goodbye for now. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.